You are now listening to Showtime Unplugged, presented by Johnny Showtime Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another excellent episode of Showtime Unplugged. Today, I am blessed, absolutely blessed to be with my guest today. I've been on his podcast. We had our own podcast before. Everybody knows him as Ralph the Ref, and he is the head of Referee Rant Podcast. Everybody, this is Ralph Pino. What's up, man? How How are you? you? I'm good, man. I'm so glad to have you. I'm so glad to be here. Are you? I am. I mean, as soon as I started, you started smiling, so I definitely <laughs> knew that you were uh, ready to rock. Yes, always ready to rock. <laughs> so I want to give everybody a little background on how we met. Um, the first time we, our paths crossed, I'm pretty sure it was not flight football field, but playing against each other. You don't remember it. I don't remember it. I vaguely remember it. I just feel like I've seen you when I was playing against you, but I could be wrong. Mm. But the first time that we actually... Noticed each other and actually had like a legitimate conversation. Uh, you were in one of my flag games. Uh, my team, for some reason, signed up in the A division. Uh, we were not very good. But, um, oh, actually, you know what? I'm fucking up this story already. <laughs> I, I already fucked up the story. My team wasn't in the A division. We were actually in the, um, the B division. This is with Braz. And... I'd show up wearing a, uh, a crazy Viking helmet, and you just, you know, we're being you. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just kind of had, like, a like good bond. Like, we kind of uh, intertwined pretty well mm. and definitely uh, started bullshitting from there. And, you know, then you started coming to the restaurant, and now I definitely can see one of my really good friends. I feel the same way, and I think what gravitated towards me, aside from your Viking hat, which I don't know if you got at Halloween City or one of those... Beardhead.com. Yeah, I was actually sponsored by Beardhead for like two years. And this is what I mean. I think that what I always found interesting about you is that you always had these unique contributions to things. And what I mean by that is that <laughs> you didn't play on the flag football team, but you did the coin toss, Right. You can't find that thing in the store, but you knew the website. And not only did you know the website, you were sponsored by them. <laughs> and it always seemed as though you had all of these unique opportunities, and only those type of unique opportunities come to unique people. Yeah. And it's funny because um, that was a season where I tore my ACL on the first game. And then after about like three weeks, I started coming to the games on crutches because um, Roz would pick me up and we'd, you know, hang out at the game, I'd watch, I'd kind of, I, I really wouldn't call it coaching, but more of just giving tips and stuff and, you know, helping out. 
And then you'd see me come up to the coin toss, and you're like, who the fuck is this character? <laughs> but yeah, that, the, uh, the Viking helmet was definitely um, part of the gimmick, you know? Mm. You gotta show up like a badass if you want to win. Right. The and Viking helmet is definitely that. And that always reminded me of, um, as I got to know you, about your interest, about standing out, being unique, um, your love of wrestling. I mean, that, that's like wrestling 101, having props. Exactly. Right? <laughs> having a stentorian voice. Gotta have the right gimmicks to stand out. Right, so. But yeah, that's um, pretty much where it comes from. I, I, you're definitely right. I definitely love standing out. I like, uh, I like the attention on me. <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, I don't, I don't overtly say that I like attention, but I think being an only child has always lended me to um, subconsciously feel like there's a cry for me wanting attention. Um, yeah. I never really had a basis or foundation of like trying to find out what my older brother thought of what I was doing. So I kind of just did everything and seeing if things work. Um, and I think that translates a lot to a lot of my refereeing style. I um, obviously have stole a lot from many of the masters before me, but I have always tried to uh, inject my own personality and things. So oh, yeah. it's been working out for me, I think. Absolutely. So it comes to the question of where did your inspiration from refereeing come from? Um, so similar to you, I played, as you said, we, we played on a flag, I played on a flag football team. And I guess long story short, my team was really not that good. Um, we were good at when we were playing recreational style with no referees, but when you're playing within the parameters of rules that are set forth on top of playing with people that have um, experience playing within those rules, I don't know how much athleticism, quickness, and IQ can really go um, into that if somebody already knows how to play those rules. So I think my first season, um, I kind of filled in for an A team, and they already knew the rules, and I was confused with those rules. But for some reason, I wanted to take my rec team and put it into this league, which was LIFFL. And um, we got our ass kicked every <laughs> week. I mean, and I was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated because I always had success on Saturday at 11. But when it came to Sundays at 9 a.m., yeah. not only was I getting my ass kicked, I was losing $10 doing it. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like a, a mind fuck for yeah, me. those refies add up, man. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I started thinking after the second week, I'm like, man, I spent $20, got no touchdowns, not having fun, waking up early, and I'm just fighting with my friends. I, I, I don't know how much I enjoy this. So I think what, what the, the opening for me was... There's this one ref that was near me, and then there was another ref in the backfield, and he was completely drunk, and he was hung over from the last night. I'm like, yeah, what's up with this dude? And, you know, Lou at the time, who was, who was the ref that was near me, was like, oh, I don't know. I don't worry about him. I'm like, what do you mean you don't worry about him? He's your partner. And I'm thinking, the team dynamics, you guys have to be in sync, and they weren't in sync. So I started asking him more pointed questions, like... Um, how much is he getting paid? Because now I'm thinking maybe you get 60 and he gets 20. Yeah. And he's like, no, he gets 40. I'm like, even though he's comatose, he gets the same amount of money? <laughs> he said, yes. So I said, you mean to tell me that if I'm comatose, I can make the same amount of money? He's like, kid, just play. Just play. So <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of those, you know, I, I think of it as like Frederick Douglass, right? Yeah. Frederick Douglass is a slave, and he's asking pointed questions of how to read and write because he sees somebody reading and writing in front of him. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're going to stay here. But, you know, I took the liberty to figure out how to read and write. So the next week, that game was 8 o'clock initially. The second game that I had the next week, 
was at like 2 p.m. And I remember it was, it was the same ref, but it wasn't the hungover ref. So I asked where the hungover ref was. And he was like, oh, he got fired. I was like, oh, he got fired. Interesting. And, you know, Lou was upset that he was there all day. And now this was probably his sixth game. And that sixth game, I'm doing the math. He's like, how long have you been here? He's like, I've been here since 8 a.m. So 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. So I'm like 40 times, um, 40 times seven hours. I didn't really have to calculate to know that that was a lot of money. Yeah. So I said, how do I be a ref? <laughs> and he's like, you don't want a ref, man. You know you want to play. And I'm like, no, I want a ref. So he, I, I annoyed him so much that he <laughs> took down my phone number. And then uh, he contacted me about, I want to say seven months later. It was a long time. I completely forgot about it. And then after he contacted me, I took this one, uh, one two-hour course. Um, and then I was on the field with him the next week. The next week I was on, and then the rest is history. Damn. First off, the comparison with Frederick Douglass, that was flames. <laughs> I, I, it blew my mind, actually. Um, but yeah, he waited seven months to contact you. Mm -hmm. What the hell was going on in that man's world? I don't know. He's probably refing every day. Yeah. Not thinking about me. That's true. Lou is a fucking legend. That guy definitely, um, he's got some mileage on him in that. He does. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, right? He's been a Hall of Famer for five years now. Yeah, yeah. I can't, you know what the thing is? is um, I do like having him ref, mm -hmm. but I hate when people like disrespect him. It like kind of pisses me off. Mm. You know, it's like, yo, like he's taking the time out of his day to organize your game. Like, don't be cursing at him. I've seen him throw people out for you know cursing him out and stuff, and like I totally, uh, totally respect that. I do the same shit. Yeah, you know? see, I, I take a different approach with that. I kind of embrace when people yell at me, <laughs> only because um, I kind of have a uh, a player's edge to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, just from all of the games that I've done, I've probably done hundreds of your games, but. You know, I know for one thing, I don't start. I try to be as jovial as possible when I, when I do it. But that doesn't mean I'm not taking it serious, as you know. Yeah. Um, but when I do get provoked, I like to finish. Mm -hmm. I do like to finish. Um, and I don't like to necessarily eject people. I like them to suffer in the game. <laughs> so I think I would rather do that. And I think in turn, in the future, now we're not, we're not coming from a place with, oh, this ref ejected me. It's more from a place of like, I can't get away with this type of stuff, so I'm just going to chill out. Yeah. Because I feel like when you eject people, um, it starts becoming a, a cop, a cop civilian situation, and, and that's not what I'm here for. But, hey, other people have different methods of how they do it. I just know that that particular method works for me. Yeah. He probably just doesn't have the patience for it, but I, I do like the way you do it. My, my favorite experience was when um, my team was actually arguing with you. Mm. And... He said something. He was like, you were 100% right was the best part. And he just like kept going and arguing and arguing. And you just stepped up in front of me like, all right, you want to argue? Go ahead. And he just stood there. And he's like, humana, 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 humana. And I was just like, all right, like, you ain't shit. Like, go sit down. And uh, Ralph just ruined you. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a while to recover from that one. But <laughs> Ralph just killed you. So goodbye. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't mean to do that, but... No, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, that particular player that you're speaking of, um, I know who you're talking about, it seems as though he doesn't get any type of resistance when he argues. And he probably argues so much to the point that everyone just gives up. I don't give up. Yeah. I don't give up. If you want to argue, then let's argue. 
that's what you want. I mean, you're not going to change your opinion. That's fine. <laughs> that's why it's a fucking waste of time. Exactly. Makes no sense. So, refing football was the first thing that you officiated. Flag football. Yep. Yeah. And then somehow that came into what sport was next? Was it basketball? Or was no, it, it was. Um, so, as as I progressed, I think Lou was surprised of how good I got and how serious I got because think about it. I I just was cracking jokes um, not too long ago, and and then all of a sudden I became a ref, and then all of a sudden I was getting, you know, Super Bowls and Night League, and um, I was getting assigned a lot of games. And I think a lot of people were taking notice to that, especially experienced refs that have been in the circuit for more than 10 years and, and veterans because, I, you know, I came out of nowhere. Yeah. But, you know, I always say this, and we could say this about your podcast, that you can't put a time limit on um, success. There is no particular trajectory of how long it's going to take. Now, you can have a case study of, of how long something's going to take, but at the same time, you know, if you create your own path, the sky's the limit. People put limits on, on what they think they can do. Um, but, you know, honestly, Lou gave me some great advice in the beginning, and, you know, I had this thought in my head. I remember the first time I did six games in one day, and I said to myself, man, I wish kids would play flag football every day like during the week, and not go to school. So I could just do this every day and get paid. And he's like, kid, don't worry about the money. Just worry about getting good. Because if you start getting good, then your phone will, will, will not uh, stop ringing. And I remember that because I remember in the beginning, I would look at the emails and i go, oh, man, this guy got three games. I only got one game. Why is it like that? So when Lou gave me that bit of advice, I completely threw that mindset out the window, and I just focused on getting really good. Um, so I guess it's not surprising to Lou that I got that good. But, um, after that, he's like, we should do softball. And I went, fuck no, I don't know anything about softball. I never played baseball. I never, you know, my only recollection of softball is in 2001, I played in this Memorial Day charity game. And I'll never forget this because it was, it was like one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I'm in right field. I'm borrowing somebody's like kid glove. Right. So then there goes a routine pop-up into right field, comes at me, and I'm like, all right, I got it right in my mitt. Yeah, it lands like 30 feet away from me. <laughs> and I think it was like an inside the park home run. I'm like, this is not for me, you know? And, and which, which is weird because, like, if it's a football, you tell me to go 60 yards and out, I'll catch the ball. If it's a basketball, if it's an outlet pass. But for some reason, when the ball is like a softball or a baseball, I cannot catch the ball <laughs> for the life of me. So I said for me, like, I don't want anything to do with softball. And that's all I can think of when he introduced me to softball. Um, so that was my second sport, softball. And, you know, I have one of the worst experiences of my life because I did not know that they were all adults. I did not know that they were all getting drunk. I did not know how serious they took the strike zone. Mm -hmm. And I learned that night that yeah. all three of those things exist to the point where I basically ran out the field. And I didn't do it for like four months because I got so rattled. Mm -hmm. But Lou was like, what are you, a pussy? You need to go back on the field. And I'm like, I don't know, man. That's not for me. So he made a call to the assigner, and he ended up doing 40 doubleheaders for me. And he, he basically treated me like Miyagi, and I was <laughs> Daniel Sun. And, and after every half inning, he's like, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? And I'm like, I don't know, Lou. I never played softball. I have no <laughs> idea what you're doing. But that tough love, you know, for me to quickly apply what he was saying on the field, it got me to the point that by the end of the summer, I was doing one-man games alone. And that's... 
you know, the basis and genesis of the way I, I treat things because I remember what it was like to get ran off the field by 30 adults. Yeah. And now I go, you know what, I don't care if there's 400 adults. I, I run the show. Yeah. The people that play softball, especially the older men. Savage. They do not. They are fucking animals. Animals. I have friends that play softball. And one of our childhood friends, their dad umpires. And they know the dad. And they still mm-hmm. roast him. And it's just like, oh my god. Like, we hung out in this man's house. What are you doing? <laughs> Funny story. Crazy. I know exactly who you're talking about because <laughs> I know, I know that um, that summer, that summer I had a game with him, and I was late. I was like eight minutes late, Uh-oh. so I was already off to the wrong foot. And I went sorry, and you know he's like, you can't be late. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and that game was, it was one of those games where it was sixty foot bases instead of ninety feet. Mm-hmm. So all of the bang-bang plays were even more of a bang. It was yeah. like a gang-bang, gang-bang plays. Gang-bang plays? Okay. Yes. And I just remembered your um, childhood friend's father was like, that's enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I went, oh, my God, I don't know if I have the heart yeah. to say things like that. And that's how you feel when you first start officiating. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of those things where if you start at High Tide Taco Bar, there's a little grace period of training, Right. You know, you hand in the drinks. It's not like you're going to be the mixologist that's creating all the drinks from the first day. But yeah. guess what? When you're an official, you got to be the mixologist. <laughs> you got to act as if you know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So for me, and I'm pretty sure everyone would say this, if you're not an expert at something and somebody's treating you like an expert and you have to look like an expert, it's really hard to pro- project as if you're an expert until you become the expert. Yeah. So, you know, I'll say that with, when it comes to officiating, you have to look 100% even though you're 10%. And then hopefully the next time you're 20%. Exactly. And then eventually if you keep that trajectory, then you'll be 100%. Yeah. I mean, we say it all the time. Confidence is key. Mm. If you uh, fake what you know what you're doing, nine out of ten times no one's going to call you on your bullshit. Yes. You know? So that's why I, – and I said this a while ago. Um, one of my favorite quotes ever is by this guy Enzo, and it's – Fake it till you make it, and once you make it, you ain't got to fake it, mm. you know? And that's just kind of like a really good thing to live by. Like, yes. You know, make sure you, uh, you know, keep your confidence up, bullshit through what you got to bullshit through, and then when the time comes where you know what you're doing, you ain't got to bullshit it anymore, you know? Yeah. And, and I'll, I got another quote for you that can, I guess, piggyback what you just said, and I just heard this recently, maybe about two weeks ago, but it's so true because... I think when it comes to officiating when you first start, or anything, you know, start a podcast, you start a new job, I think everyone's so afraid that they're going to make a mistake. And I think that coming from a place of wanting to be perfect leads to inaction, right? So I always say that imperfect action will always be perfect inaction, because what do you get from, in, uh, what do you get from perfect inaction? You get nothing. So I'd rather be making mistakes and at least doing something than thinking about being perfect and not doing anything. Makes sense. I mean, nothing better than learning from your spit mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. Say you're, um, with the example of bartending. Say you make a mistake on your first shot. Someone tells you, hey, man, like it's not done like that. You're going to go, ah, you're right. You ain't going to make that mistake again. Like, Correct. You got to learn. Right. It's a learning curve. Everything's a learning curve, you know? 
and confidence is key during learning curves. You just gotta yeah. buckle down, stay humble, listen to what everybody's telling you, and and learn from mistakes and learn from experiences. There's something to be said about somebody that's confident in failing. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the highest level of learning. Yeah. Of when you're going, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I can acknowledge in real time when I do make a mistake. And I've learned it so much because it was such, it could have been more catastrophic than this, that I never want that mistake to happen again. Exactly. Exactly. So now we had a, a mistake tangent. Uh, <laughs> it happens a lot on my show. We always go into tangents. Since you start, so you started going from flag football, softball, then you banged into lacrosse a bit. Then I had lacrosse. And I still don't know what I'm doing. So there's a whole lot of imperfect action going on still. So <laughs> lacrosse, and then you start doing basketball. Then I started doing the sport that is the love of my life is basketball. And yep. then you went into baseball. Yes, then I went into baseball. Mm-hmm. Do you still do lacrosse every now and then or not really? I still do lacrosse. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm even trying to think about doing making a big leap into yeah. lacrosse this summer. Interesting. Uh, but I'm still looking to be able to see during the NBA Finals when you're officiating because that would be so awesome. I don't know if NBA is my trajectory, but maybe we'll see. Yeah, you never know. I mean, you got a lot of uh, people that you know yeah. on the inside, so you might be able to take that goal down one day. Possibly. Even if it's for short term, you know, mm-hmm. just be like, yeah, yeah, I, I officiated some NBA games for a couple of years. Like, that's who the fuck could say that, you know? But then I'd have to give up my Sundays in flag football. Who mm-hmm. wants to do that? I mean, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> You're going to be uh, getting paid a lot more in the NBA. <laughs> True. True. Um, plus, you'll get TV time. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I want all that, though. We'll see. Well, you get a little TV time and then just sneak in your podcast. Be like, yeah, my <laughs> And then you'll get a lot, of, uh, a lot of love that way. <laughs> so now that we mentioned referee ramp, where the hell did this idea come from? Wow, this idea, um, it's not even that old. It's, uh, I'd say about six months ago, I frequented, I frequented a, um, a restaurant, kind of like Hiatai Taco Bar, but it's, uh, it's around the way from my house. And, you know, I know the manager very well. I'm cheating on you. That's okay. I'm sorry, John. It's whatever. I, I can't it eat happens. high tie taco bar every day. That's okay. <laughs> I got I got a lot of people who cheat on me. It's no big deal. I got people that come in and be like, "Oh, you have the tacos at this place." I'm like, "Yo, what the? F- I got tacos here." Continue though. Um, so, <laughs> I got a manager. He, you know, has a shift kind of like you from, uh, or I'd say mid after mid morning till all the way at night. And I, I think it was around 11.30 in the morning. And, you know, he was already complaining that he was going to be there till 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, man, that's 12 hours. And I'm thinking, what kind of damage I would have done if I was refing for 12 hours? I mean, I wouldn't enjoy it, but at least I know I'm getting compensated um, handsomely yeah. for that time. So I said, young man, how much are you making at that time? He's like, man, I'm making $12 an hour. So... I didn't have to do the math to know that it wasn't going to equate yeah. to four hours of flag football or four hours of basketball. So I, I had claw talk with him. I said, young man, come here, sit down. He's like, yo, I'm working. I'm like, no, you need to, you need to listen <laughs> to me. And I said to him, you know that if you did basketball and you did it at a church and you only did three games, you probably make as much money as you are till 1030. So if you started at 10, you'd be done at one. And you could spend the rest of nine hours thinking of what would you really want to do. And he was like, word. 
All right, so how do I start? I said, well, you know me, right? I'll get you into every class and all that. I'll teach you exactly what you need to do. I know what it's like in the beginning. I have all that intimate knowledge of how you can succeed as somebody that knows nothing from nothing. And I always found that that was weird about refereeing. All the information on, on the internet is something like, for somebody like me, that has already took their lumps, that has already trying to get into elite level. But when it comes to being a novice and trying to get to an intermediate level, there's nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No one tells you anything about anything. You have to know somebody in order for you to get into these circles of getting certified or yeah. knowing how to get the uniform. So, you know, I, I just gave him that information because it was just coming from a place of, hey, you're my friend. I see you frequently. I'll help you. Now you can figure out what you really want to do. So I let it sit. And I wasn't hard selling it. I'd say about two or three weeks later, I come back. And as soon as I come in, he has his hands up like, yo, I've been looking for you. Where you been? And I'm like, man, I've been at High, high Tide Taco Bar. That's where I've been. <laughs> and he's like, yo, man, I looked up on the internet because that's how these kids learn. They go on YouTube. They go on Google. And he, why wouldn't refereeing be the same thing? He's like, yo, I Googled it. And there was nothing on refereeing. And I said, you know what? You're right. There is nothing on refereeing. And the other part of that story is that I used to have a website, and I do write, and I wrote professionally before, um, but I was always very so reluctant. you have um, a degree in writing now? I do. I do. I have a master's in uh, writing. That's fucking awesome. And um, in journalism. And the thing about it was I was always very reluctant to talk about myself. So, you know, everything that I wrote about, I was very hesitant to put out there because I, I kind of didn't want to talk about myself like that. Mm -hmm. um, but... You know, the other part of that was I saw a documentary about this lady who was a babysitter in the 50s and 60s in New York City. And she'd take all these crazy pictures as she was on her job when she was babysitting and having the stroller of, of the kids that they were babysitting. But it was all like pictures of the streets of New York City. So when she died, you know, people discovered like eight to 10,000 of these photos that ended up becoming art in a museum. Oh, wow. And it was sad to me because... You know, I thought about my own collection of all these books that I have that's just collecting dust that only I have been able to read. So, you know, once he said that, once I started thinking about that documentary and thinking about my own writing, I was like, you know what? Why don't I make a website to help people that don't know anything about refing or is just a beginner at refing or want to get to the intermediate level? And that's kind of how it started. Um, you know, when people say ranting and raving, it has a negative connotation. And oftentimes you think about when somebody's ranting to the refs, you think about them being negative about how they don't enjoy what they just called. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to use that word and put a positive spin where the referees now rant about their own experiences. And not so much about, you know, getting good at refing. I think it's also the lifestyle that a referee lives. I think that's something that's seldomly talked to, but at least, you know, amongst everyone. But, you know, referees always have kindred spirits around and we have a camaraderie that, you know, can't be duplicated. So I wanted to recreate that and make art out of it. So that's how it started. I had 10 ideas that I, I, I wanted to say. If I had 10 ideas that I wanted to start, that night I meant, made up 60. And that's when I knew it was a sustainable thing. And here we are, you know, almost a year into it. And, you know, I thought it was going to be big. I knew it was going to be big at some point. I didn't know it was going to be this big this quick. Mm -hmm. But that's where we're at with the referee ramp. Gotcha. Yeah, I was. That was actually my next question. The thing, if you have, it would blow up. Which, 
It definitely has. Uh, you definitely have a pretty freaking kick-ass following. Uh, I was featured on it, episode 49, so if you want to go back and listen to that. Yeah, man, you had 300, 300 downloads uh, the first week. Um, and, and you know what? That's what's the beauty of doing podcasts. I think, to me, you know, there's one thing to have a Wikipedia page, but then there's another thing to hear your voice at any time, mm-hmm. any place, even though your uh, girlfriend can't. Um, get the link for some reason. But very strange, very strange. I don't know why. I sent her everything. She's like, yeah, I can't listen to it. So I think I might just give her my phone one day and just let her listen to it or something. Mm. Very weird. Um, but yeah, I actually, I love the idea. When you pitched the idea to me the first time, I was like, hell yeah. There's nothing like it. I mean, you could go on podcasts and search referee, but you're not going to find what you have right. at all. Nothing. I mean... Especially what your whole, you know, you have a whole goal set and all these plans and stuff, which you'll definitely succeed in all of it. I hope so. I'm still waiting for the merch, though. Yeah, well, we're working <laughs> on that. I know that three weeks ago we went, we pulled up to your guy who uh, makes your stuff. Um, My man's Woody at Inkwell, yeah. You know, I, I got a plan. The thing is, and you'll, you'll, you'll get to see this, especially with your podcast. There's, you know, the crawling stage, the walking stage the running stage, and then the flying stage. I'm probably at the walking stage, but I'm walking fast. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't want to, you know, there's so many moving parts within Referee Rant that I want to make sure that um, I don't want to get to the point where I think I should be flying when I'm still only walking. Mm-hmm. So to me, slow. But, you know, once, once all that merch is up, you know you're going to be one of the first people to have it. Hell yeah, Absolutely. The crazy thing is, you have some pretty uh, awesome guests so far on your show. You've had like NBA officials. Have you had? Have you, tell us, like, what what other people have you had on there? So recently, um, I, and I, I call it a commemorative issue uh, podcast. It was episode number fifty, which was Ron Declario, and Ron Ron was a, a great guest that I had. His father um, saved Martin Luther King's life in nineteen fifty eight uh, when he got stabbed. He was a uh, a throat a throat surgeon. So he was able to save his life. And, you know, he's a living legend himself. He played uh, high-level baseball at St. John's. He ended up being in the farm system for the White Sox. And he ended up being the Cardozo in Queens, uh, Cardozo varsity basketball coach when he started when he was 21. And his first season, he was 1-22. Um, but ever since then, he became the all-time uh, winningest coach in New York State public school history. So that was a pleasure to... Uh, to interview him, um, I think to me, um, in the beginning, I started with just my friends, you know? My first one was Jeff, who's one of my best friends that's also a flag football official. That guy, he's a good guy. I haven't seen him in quite some time. I saw him yesterday. They and he's like, oh, man, the rants. Uh, can I get an autograph? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, guy. But, you know, just for me to... For the to record, you, uh, I have to mention this, too. You have, you're very similar to me with good nicknames. He has, you gave him the best nickname I've ever heard in my life. Which one, Levacure? No, no, the book report. Oh, yeah, he is the book report. Because <laughs> he'll come in there like, yo, yo, Jeff, what happened in that play? Well, that particular play, it was third and nine. And then after when it was third and nine, he, he um, after that, he, he hiked the ball. Then after that, one guy ran to the right. Then he made a post. And after that, the guy went in for five yards and then they end. And you're like, damn, bro, can it get any more blanded than that? <laughs> He's the book reporter. I, and I love when you ask him, like, a question about, like, the rules, and he just straight up, it's like, well, uh, in the uh, book, uh, page 37, and it's just like, all right, like, 
I ain't got to know the pages and shit. Just let me know. <laughs> the book report. Yeah. Perfect nickname for that guy. Uh, but, but to answer your question, what I did was, you know, first I just got my friends, and then I felt, you know, I kind of I felt nervous to ask people of stature as referees. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that I pride is, like I said, um, imperfect inaction will always be, you know, perfect inaction. So all I wanted to do was just make the best work possible. And I think my, my writing and, and the podcast, the quality of the production spoke for itself. So, you know, in the beginning, I was a little reluctant to ask for bigger guests. But now it's at the point where, you know, they're asking to be on the show, which is great. Um, yeah. But, you know, some of my favorite besides uh, Niclario, you know, a lot of my peers that are referees, um, you know, some G League NBA referees. Um, and, and obviously it'll get better because I'll have, you know, I, it, it's like I'm trying to get the Infinity Stones. You know, I got the NBA. <laughs> My next sites is the NFL. And then after that, hopefully the majors. And then after I get hockey, I think it's a wrap. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have all the Infinity Stones. That'd be freaking kick-ass. Yeah, man. I, um, I would love, you know who I'd love to have on your show? Who? Lou. Trying, man. <laughs> trying. He's turning into a diva. Do you think he would do it, or do you think he just thinks this is a whole like silly gimmick and he doesn't really care too much for it? I don't know if it's a. I don't know if he thinks it's a silly gimmick. I just think he doesn't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's more of a. He, he just, probably thinks it's a hobby. Well, I, don't, I, I mean, he's he's gonna know at some point. Yeah. He's gonna know. So maybe I'll reach out to him today and see what's up. Yeah, I haven't seen him in quite some time. Me neither. Yeah, I missed that guy. He's somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, you had a blog prior to the referee rant, didn't you? I did. What, what, um, what did you write about that? And stuff? So, and I think this is what referee rant improved on. It was basically, you know, similar to you. I'm eclectic. I have so many different um, interests. Um, so, you first, so referee rant is not only a podcast, but you also have a blog on the website too. Yes, I have. It, it's, it's a full fledged website. Yeah, it's a full fledged website that's kind of like in phase two. Yeah, your fo- all the photos you have taken, the videos, everything is so like nice and professionally done. It's pretty yeah. I, I, listen, I got I got a good team. I can't. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out my team. Um, you know, I got Christian Rios, who is my partner in eleven forty four. That's the marketing team. Me and him behind referee rant, you know, and I always say that he is like a whiz when it comes to graphic design, aesthetics, and obviously he takes pictures. I take pictures too, but not on the level as he does, but, you know, I always say that I'm always trying to outright his designs, and he's trying to outdesign my writing, and that's how you get the marriage of the two, where it becomes the best work possible. Oh, yeah. And then I got Benny Kamas, who uh, does all my video work, so, you know, we are the, the, the three, we're the cohesiveness but obviously, I have all of the direction because I'm the one that's the referee. You know, not only am I the uh, the client, I'm the I'm the president. So, you know, if I wasn't out in these streets blowing that whistle, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have the direction of what I was, you know, trying to to get. Hell so, yeah. I mean, if you have good chemistry with your team as well, obviously, with you guys always trying to outdo each other, then you're mm-hmm. always going to get the best possible product coming out. Yep. which is the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That's everybody's goal is you, everything you want to come out, you want it to be perfect, you want it to really catch people's eyes, and every post you make, like, very noticeable. I appreciate it. And today I wanted to uh, even talk about some breaking news that I have. Um, We just collaborated and partnered up with Flag Football Sports Network, so now we're going to be the official, um, we're going to be the media head, and we're replacing the NFL for um, the AFFL, 
all the national championships, Referee Rant and Flag Football Sports Network is going to take that in. So That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's uh, really big. How did you get that? Um, so I have another partner named uh, Jaya Mia, and you know, that's another thing that we're working on. Um, my love of flag football since it's my first sport, you know, I realized over time, you know, in the beginning I was like, well, I'm not going to be a professional flag football ref because there's no such thing. So that's why after I learned basketball and after I learned baseball, I know that there's, you know, something professionally to aspire to. I never felt that way with flag football. I just always kept it local. But I think in terms of um, America as a whole and how it's evolved over time with their relationship with football, and especially with two years ago, how they were talking about how, you know, CTE, uh, degenerative brain um, situations, and then like the suicide of somebody like Junior Seau, who played for a Hall of Fame NFL player who played for the Chargers and the yeah. Patriots and the Dolphins. Um, I think that brought awareness of um, how destructive football can be at the highest level and how much an avenue that flag football can not replace it, but also but just be a viable thing. And then now it's growing professionally. Um, so I think after that, I wanted to be a champion. I wanted to be a supporter of that sport, especially since it's done so much for me. Yeah. So that's my other uh, project, popping flags and then just kind of um, having awareness of, of how great flag football is. Yeah, so same. after that, I ran into somebody like Jayamia who um, runs Flag Football Sports Network. We talked about collaborating, and then that's how, you know, we're going to try to now grow popping flags. And, okay. you know, hopefully when I go there on Friday, that's where the Nationals are going to be in, in North Jersey. Um, I'm going to be able to interview and put on the podcast Michael Vick, Danny Warfel, oh, yeah. and those guys oh, yeah. That'd be cool to that. talk about the differences between <clears throat> NFL and then, you know, flag football. So that's, you know, immediately what I'm trying to do in terms of referee rent, grow it out with flag football and make that more visible. Hell yeah. I, um, when I grew up, I actually always made fun of flag football because I, I didn't understand it. I was like, ah, it's not tackle, it's not real football, this, that, and this. And then I showed up to one of the games, like this is, I'm talking like, probably like eighth grade, I think it was. Before I, the Viking hat. Before the Viking hat, yeah. I showed up to one of Alex's, uh, like a, the Farmingdale League that we have here. And I was like, this is sick. Mm. Like, this is so much cooler than what I do on, on Sunday mornings with my friends. Are you kidding me? So then I got into it like that. And, like, anytime someone makes fun of flag football, I just I get angry. Mm. Because, like, it's not it's such a good sport. Because it's like, people are like, ah, oh, it's not football. Why is it not football? In fact, if you really want to be honest, I think it takes more skill to be a flag football player than it does to be an actual type of football player. 100% because it, it, it eliminates all of the contact. So yeah. like I, could be, I could be a powerhouse in regular football and people are going to be scared to run by me because I'm going to hit you hard. But in flag football, I'm not going to be afraid of you because you can't hit me. You're going for my flag. So I'm going to have to beat you with my skill of speed and elusiveness. So players that have that are definitely much better. Like you don't necessarily need to have the greatest hands or like anything. If you have speed elusiveness, give you a flip and you're going to run the whole field and fake a bunch of people out and not run people. You mm -hmm. know? Unfortunately, people don't realize that. They think that football has to be this manly, gruesome, hard-hitting game. Realistically, it doesn't have to. You know, Hockey, 
now um, used to be like that, and it's progressively getting a little. I wouldn't say, I guess, softer, but not really. I would just say more people are getting skilled, <coughs> and it's almost like the everything because even pro wrestling too. Back in the day, everyone, if you were a pro wrestler, you were this big, jack dude, powerful guy. Nowadays, people are coming in. They're my size. They're five foot nine, five foot eight, not even two hundred pounds. Little muscle on them, but they're doing these crazy aerial flips and all this crazy skill sets and stuff. Things that we haven't seen because we're used to seeing these big jack guys just doing powerful moves. Mm. So that's where that comes into play. That's why I think flag football is way more. It's harder, definitely mm. harder. I mean, and you've seen people show up. They're like, "God, oh, yeah, I played, I played uh, varsity football," and then they show up week one and they get freaking smacked by a team up. that's been there for uh, years in flag football. Yeah, you know? and I always say that when when that situation comes, this isn't football, and exactly. and I think that people are wasting their time when now a lot of I things obviously that. translates. I love that argument, I love that argument. A lot of things translate to real football, mm-hmm. to flag football. But, you know, I wouldn't go so far to say, you know, I think a lot of things in basketball just as much translates to flag football, even more so. You know, all the cutting and all that stuff, um, the lack of contact that you have. You have to have more skill. You have to have more grace. Um, And, you know, that's, you know, I get a kick out of something like like tennis. You have to have a lot of skill to play the game of tennis, Mm -hmm. just like you have to have a lot of skill to play the game of flag football. And, you know, my goal for this week weekend for uh, when, when we're covering the, uh, the national championships is to, is to really showcase that skill set, yeah. you know, because, and, and think about it like this, like, okay, Michael Vick doesn't play in the NFL anymore. That doesn't mean his arm ain't his arm. Yeah. He's still got a cannon. So why not? Why, this to me is, is, is a way they can extend their career mm-hmm. where they can use their skill sets that they've been oh, using yeah. all their life and, you know, play at a high level of a sport. Without the contact. Yeah. So. I've, been, I've been saying for years, the NFL Pro Bowl is a joke. No one wants to get touched. No one wants to do this. No one wants to do that. I just don't know why they don't transition into like a cool little like football tournament somehow and like make a fucking day out of it, you know? I might be the one to pitch that. Exactly. <laughs> because let me tell you something. I would love to watch that. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I, you know how happy I was to finally see Ocho Cinco back in action? I literally tuned in just for that. And he wasn't even playing receiver. He was playing cornerback. Like, that was my favorite player growing up. He just had, I don't know, he, was, he loved the spotlight, kind of like me. That's why I gravitated to him. Well, off air, you let me know what question you want me to ask because I'll probably uh, interview him on Friday. Oh, hell yeah. I definitely will. But he was, is exactly like right now, he, could, he might not be able to dominate the NFL, which I think he still would be very good in the NHL. Uh, NHL in the NFL, but now in flag football, I wish you'd play receiver. Mm. He'd probably make people look foolish. Oh, Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh yeah, he's got the quickest feet anyone's ever seen. He's actually coming out with a new show, um, like fastest like man alive or something like that. Really? Where he has a whole like he's gonna have all of like the fastest guys in the NFL, like past and present, like like have this like crazy race tournament type of thing. Wow, which I'm sure he'll win. I'll ask him about that. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. He's been um, on his Instagram and Twitter. He's been uh, advertising and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. There's a little research for you. Yeah. So now you could he'd probably be a little impressed if you ask him about that. Well, that's that's also another <laughs> thing about um, this whole conglomerate is that, man, 
you know, I'm at the point I need an assistant, man. It's getting too crazy. It's it's just getting too crazy with booking people on podcasts and creating new content and 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 you know, I'm I'm not. It's not from a lack of um, ideas because I have ideas flowing, but now it's at the point where you know I got to be really razor sharp and putting all my ducks in a row because I don't want it to be like the six year of the Wu Tang Clan and everything's all awry. Yeah. I want to make sure that the bull was strong. <laughs> I hear you. So you asked me this on your podcast. Um, what are your current goals? Um, let's see. My current goals are to, um, and, and I just came to this recently. Before I used to be obsessed with the numbers of my podcast, with the numbers of views on my website, but you know what? I'm not worried about those things anymore. I'm just worried about making the dopest shit that I could possibly make. And I think that will make everything happen. Oh, yeah. Because that's how it's been happening all the time. I just wish that, you know, it's, it, I'm coming from a, a ironic place because I'm saying I want more followers, but I'm further than what I thought that I would be. But now, once you get to that point, you want more. So I think I, I need to just flip that mindset and say, you know what, every day, I want to just come out with one thing that's super dope that I can be proud of, that I can share to the world. So, you know, that's one of my goals. This summer, one of my biggest goals is that I want to get even better at writing, even better at writing. And how I'm going to do that, I think I'm going to spend two hours, three hours on airplane mode and just go in. And I'm just going to go in. And the only way that I'm going to be able to get better at writing is I'm going to read. So I got 10 books that I want to read. Some of them are about refs. Some of them are about, um, you know, self-help. Some of them are fiction. But, you know, those 10 books, I want them to expand my mind to get to the point where I can be an even better writer. Um, I'm not doing any baseball this summer. Um, what so, else? So you'll have some nice beach time to read. Yes. And I'm going to have, yeah. And, um, you know, I want, I want to ride my bike a lot in Long Beach. I just purchased the bike. It's coming on Thursday. Um, oh, I was actually in Long Beach yesterday. I saw. Yeah, it was fun. The weather was pretty nice. Yeah, it was a little windy though, right? Yeah, a probably bit, probably not too much. Probably too windy to go on the beach, but if you're on the boardwalk, pretty yeah. good. Uh, I was walking on the boardwalk. A lot of people like walk like jabrones. Yeah, but that's the weekend, yeah. not during and the like, weekend. Like, like that. Pe- no, but like I'm walking this way, and like people like don't get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So then I move out of the way. Now I'm in the bike lane, and then people yelling at me that I'm in the bike lane for right. a second. It's yeah. like yo, like take your bikes. That's, that's the city of Long Beach. That's yeah. the city of Long Beach. But to answer your question, um, just expand, referee rant, become a better writer, and of course, always sharpen my, my skill set with, with, um, with refing. And I have a book that I just realized that I'm going to write, um, and hopefully I'll be complete before the summer. Nice. You know, I might come out with two books. I would love we'll that. Hell yeah. That, that definitely would be some good reads. Yes. So definitely uh, let me know about those. I will. <laughs> I'm going to announce it probably on Wednesday about oh, the book. Nice. Hell yeah. Do you have a title for it yet or no? Yeah, it's going to be the 22 Rules of Referee. So it's going to kind of mirror the 48 Laws of Power. But That's what I was going to say. Right. What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to take 22 Rules. Man, I'm giving you breaking news out here on Showtime Unplugged. I mean, where else would you get breaking news? <laughs> so what I, what I plan to do is to have 11 for free on the website. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go from 11 weeks in the summer. And then after that, I'm going to take the rest of the 11 and then put it in a book. And then um, it, pro- it might be free. It might be 99 cents, but it'll be, uh, you know, for download uh, on my website. Oh, yeah. So now are you going to do kind of like the same format of the 40 Lost Power? I am. 
you tell the rules. Yep. And then you're going to have like stories behind it. Observance of the rules and then transgressions of the rules. Okay. And then reversals and then the keys to the rules. Damn. Yeah. I cannot wait to read that. That sounds Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be also very dense. So, you know, hopefully everyone's reading skills are up to par because this is not like a simple endeavor. This is something that like I said, I want to blow out the water for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much because I want to make the most amount of money. I just want to create the dopest, high-quality work that I can because I want to prove to myself that I can do it. Oh, you yeah. know? Absolutely. I like that. That's a freaking really good idea, honestly. Thanks, man. You're full of them. <laughs> You're full of good ideas too, John. Don't, don't shortchange yourself. Sometimes I am. Some of my ideas suck. Well, Showtime Unplugged doesn't suck. No, Showtime Unplugged is lit. It's super lit. That's why I'm on it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm fucking so happy you're here. You have no idea. Me too. Um, what are your future goals? Um, so, like I said, my future goal is, and, you know, somebody, one of my um, mentors, his name is Bernard Bowen Sr. He was on episode 36. He really, he really structured me when it came to referee rent. And, you know, he reminded me when I first met him, let's say if he was Jay-Z, the president of Def Jam, and I was Rihanna and I came out with Ponder Replay, he brought me into his office and said, you know what? This song might be bigger than you, meaning referee rant might be bigger than what you think it is. And he's like, have, have you ever thought of it that way? And I went, yeah, I've thought of it that way, you know, uh, because I have confidence in myself. But he said, this might be bigger than you. This might be so big. And I don't think you realize that. And I was like, maybe I don't realize that. And he says, are you prepared to put down the whistle? And, and my, my heart jumped because I never thought about a life, uh, me not refing. You know, I've been doing this almost 10 years, and it's, it's, it's really my passion. I love doing it. And probably the only thing, aside from my family and everything else, um, the only thing that I like better than refing is writing. You know, and that's something I've always said. Um, I enjoy writing so much. And, you know, a lot of my writers that I look up to, you know, they're in their 90s, they're in their 80s. So I know for me, I'm never going to be retired. Oh, yeah. You know, so the fact that I can write about refing and ref at the same time, it kind of like took me aback when he said, what if, you know, what if all of this leads you to stop refing? And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. But then he said to me, well, if your podcast somehow gets six sponsors and they all pay you $50,000 a year, what do you need a ref for? And I was like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'll let it go. <laughs> I so, mean, you'd probably still do it, maybe. Yeah, but I don't think I want to aspire to get to the highest level anymore. Yeah. Not that I don't want a ref, but, yeah. you know, I'll cross that road when it gets there. He just made me aware of how big it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. So not so much to discourage me from trying to get to the highest levels, because I think that's what, what, what the, the appeal is, is that I'm elevating, too, and I'm writing about the experiences in real time, mm-hmm. right? So, um like I said, that took me aback, but um, I think my future goal is to really put my imprint on refereeing in the game, um, teach people that don't know anything about the lifestyle and how to get involved, um, and obviously I want to have a physical presence in the game, yeah. you know, i.e. Um, a place where we can um, referees can come, like a social gathering where we could watch games, we could watch their own plays, work on their mechanics, get better, you know, talk shop, just talk about refing. And, you know, just a place where we could all just hang out and just talk about life mm-hmm. as well as refing. Oh, yeah. I so was actually going to ask you about that because I know you told me about it a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, first off, killer name on it. 
are we allowed to announce the name? Yeah, sure. So Ralph is coming out with this awesome storefront that's going to have everything referee related called the Zebra. The Zebra. And it's going to be a cool <laughs> hangout sesh for all referees, as he said, to watch games, watch some film, work on it, sell referee gear, have the podcast live there, and then possibly sell some Showtime Unplugged the, uh, equipment. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and hopefully we could have a live podcast, Showtime Unplugged there. And we could even have a pop-up shop for all your merchandise. I have no problem with any of that Absolutely. stuff. It's not just referees. It's also people that I believe in artistically, yeah. creatively, that you know focus the same vision as me of wanting to do positive things and, and, and want to be successful for themselves. I have no problem using my space as an outlet for other people to create. Hell yeah. That's, I, that's another reason why I like, also really like it. Because like, you're kind of like me. You're all about helping people and like showing people, um, I guess, the way. Mm-hmm. And basically giving really good advice all the time. Because you said to me a long time ago, you're like, yo, I, I see uh, me in you. Meaning, like, you do the same style of shit that I do. And, you know, I definitely, the amount of people that I get that ask me for advice through the week and and ask me for my opinions and stuff like that, it is pretty, pretty insane. So that's kind of like the inspiration behind my show mm-hmm. was to, um, you know help people get their name out there, tell me what's going on, you know, and, and for the fun part, I mean, the first episode I had was to push my friend's weight loss journey. The next episode was to push my friend Ryan because my friend Ryan is low-key one of the funniest people in the world, but not many people, um, like, give him the chance to, like, listen to him, you know what I'm saying? Then episode three was to push a music festival that my friend's going to be hosting his first ever one. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like stuff like that, just to get people's name out there and I said, almost be like an advocate for everybody like Paul Heyman to Brock Lesnar and just be there to uh, push talent. Yeah, and that's good. And, and, you know, I appreciate the opportunity that you are going to expose referee rant. I know I already have a deep following, but... You know, that's not something that I'm ever going to shy away from. So I appreciate the exposure that I'm going to get once you publish this. Oh, and then you, you blast it off to all your that's followers. nothing, man. <laughs> I'm referee. I'm going to even have in the, my beginning intro when you give me the okay. I'm going to – my intro says um, – oh, my God. I can't remember it. it says, oh, you are now listening to Showtime Unplugged um, presented by Johnny Showtime Productions. And then I'm going to pause for a second and go and, and also add about the zebra. So when, when you give me the okay, it's going to be there every episode. Word. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this episode I'll add it in just to, you know. As long as I get some of them Hattrick Swayze shirts or something, man. <laughs> I, that's, this guy played at some roller hockey league. I, I didn't. Unfortunately, as much as I want to ref hockey or, and roller hockey, I can't skate. But let me tell you, this guy used to play in this, this adult league uh, a couple of years back. And they had the greatest jerseys. It was called Hattrick Swayze, a play on Patrick Swayze and Hattrick. And it was like a, a silhouette of Patrick Swayze's face juxtaposed with, with the like, hockey stick. Unbelievable. Yeah. My God, with the creativity <laughs> from this guy. We actually just got new jerseys, which um, I was definitely pumped about. Um, since I retired about like a year and a half ago, two years, they, um, they, they bought me a jersey. And it still had the uh, assistant captain on it, which I thought was pretty kick-ass that they still uh, love me like that. And I actually have Woody making some gear right now for us. So um, 
I'm sure it's going to come out kick ass, and then you know, then we'll do some mass production and get it out there for everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I love that guy, Woody. Woody is awesome. Yeah, I got to speak to him soon. Yeah, I can't wait till you get him on your show. I need to get him on the show. Hell yeah, because he um, he used to play, and now now basically he sees it from. You know, from the outside, which is definitely always... Which is something that we all understand, yeah. me and you. Seeing it from the outside is definitely a different way than seeing from actually playing. Yes. Because from playing, you always think you're right. I never thought that I was always right. Well, I always advocated for myself as if yeah, I was right. Well, I mean, that's because you have a different mindset compared to anybody else. And you mm. have a matured mind. Like, I can't... I, could, I told you before, I can't stand watching people play and... They always think they're right, and they argue every call, and this, that, and this. And it's like, I'm watching from uh, from a side, not rooting for fucking anybody, and I can tell that you're wrong. You know? And that's... I hate that. Mm. Shut the hell up. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that's kind of why I definitely probably would be a good ref. I'm telling you, just say the word, man. <clears throat> Referee rant will teach you everything. I mean, I, I, by the looks of it, it fucking might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it will. It definitely will. Damn. Uh, we'll have to figure that out one day. I would love to. I just don't have the time right now. So whenever uh, whenever I take a uh, a career change, which might possibly be soon, I'll probably have more time to do it. Whenever you're ready, man. Whenever you're ready. There's no rush. You know? Well, hell yeah. Because I definitely, you know, I, I need more time to do that, and I need more time to do more... Uh, Ring announcing. They, uh, I, I keep like hiccuping. I don't know why. Um, they haven't asked me in a while because I'm just never available. But what they do is sometimes they, they, they'll ask me like three hours before the show. Yeah, that's not. I'm like, I'm a goddamn, I'm a VIP, I'm a very important person here. Like you, I'm obviously always booked. <laughs> you know. Sometimes, sometimes you got to take that that slot though if you yeah. want to get it. That's true. Very true. All right, we're about to hit the hour mark. Is there anything else you want to add to the show? No, man, just like I said, man, I really enjoy what you're doing. Um, That's really cool that you're exposing and advocating people that you believe in. Um, And more importantly, I appreciate that you believe in me. That means a lot to me. Your friendship means a lot to me. Um, You know, I'm happy that our friendship has grown, man. Like, you know, one day I was like, yo, I just want to stop by at your restaurant to see what it is. And, you know, it's grown to something bigger. Um, sometimes I lean for you on advice and, and you do the same thing. So, you know, I'm happy to see your growth. I'm happy to see you being happy. Um, so, you know, just much continued success. Um, hopefully that success can, can rub our way too. Oh, so okay. thanks man for everything. Uh, please. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, that was, that was a good time. And I'll, it was an awesome story too. So if you need to check out episode you need to check out every episode of Ref. 49 is, is John Lombardi. 49 though. is mine, but, you know, listen to all of them because it's fucking quality shit. I mean, and it's a whole nother mind, uh, a whole nother, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, view. A whole nother view that nobody ever sees because nobody comprehends the, the life of referee. And right. nobody, is, I say this all the time, it's an unappreciated art. It is. And, yeah. you know, I think, I, I just... At, at the ba- very basic level, I don't want people to define me when I officiate them for one hour. Mm-hmm. There's 23 hours in a day, yeah. and I'm so much more than a referee. Mm-hmm. So if there's one thing that you can get out of my website is that um, don't judge me when I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah. 
judge me when I'm when I'm chilling and my hat is backwards. Hell yeah. Yeah, and you know what? The only thing is, I think a lot of people hate on referees strictly because they watch a professional sports on TV, and there's definitely a lot of mistakes and stuff. That's probably why they they transfer it to not giving a shit about you know the average referee or someone that's doing recreational sports stuff like that. You know? What's what's a good batting average in the in the majors? In the majors, yeah. a good batting average is like anywhere between like two ninety to like. 290 and up, I'd say. Okay, so... But here's the thing, is that it is, in baseball, it is very, very difficult to bat around 300. Right. So that means you're you're succeeding three out of ten times. Right, so I make one mistake, and it's the end of the world. Pretty but much. But they mess up seven times. Exactly. And it's okay. It's Look, good. <laughs> dude, I crack up because there's players in the MLB that are getting paid million dollars a year, to what? Get one hit out of five at bats a game and still be considered uh, a professional baseball player? Yeah. Look, <laughs> baseball is a game of failure. It really is. You fail more times than you succeed in the in in, in any baseball game ever. That's why it's amazing, and that's why the guys that do hit for three hundred make the big bucks. You know, it's especially for pitching too. You're going to strike everybody out. If those professional athletes had the same standards in which referees internally mm-hmm. have for themselves on top of their own responsibilities of getting things right, um, everyone would be fired. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> we wouldn't have any ref- games to referee. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me how people don't look at it that way. You know, the amount of times a batter fails, and it's like, for instance, a batter goes four for five, and someone will probably say something stupid like, Ah, you know, but he popped out his second at bat with bases loaded. Mm. Okay, but he was on base four of the times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just silly shit like that. Word. But that's just the way people think, unfortunately. That's you all right. Know, you know, we got to be out here changing the way people think and making the world a better place. RefereeRant.com. RefereeRant.com. <laughs> the Rant, the podcast, you can be found on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, Google Music, anything that you have, any major streaming services, you could find it. Um, and hopefully you tune in, man. It's uh, something that I really believe in. Um, I have a lot of in-depth interviews with mostly referees, but also people I believe in, like Showtime, who was on episode 49. So um, I know it's gotten pretty far, but we're looking to go even further. Hell yeah. And I'll be there supporting the whole way there because I love the idea. I love Ralph. Ralph is, again, one of my really good friends. Probably a friend till, till the day I die. And that's it. Support your friends. Go out there. Find something you're good at. And make sure your friends support you. And if they don't, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. What do you say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that's it for the show. Ralph, again, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, I definitely, you know, I always say I want reoccurring guests. So I'd definitely love to have you on here. Oh, yeah. We could talk about the progress of what's happening. Oh, yeah. And then hopefully Give- I don't come in here and go like, yeah, the zebra didn't happen. And, and, uh. No, nah, the zebra's going to happen. <laughs> I can't wait to hear We're gonna, You know what? We're going to be the first uh, ep- the first episode that's not going to be filmed here in High Tide. But we filmed at the zebra. It's going to be a little bootleg <laughs> in the beginning. But, uh, yeah, we're going to make it high. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. So, everybody, uh, again, make sure you follow at Referee Rant. Make sure you subscribe to all their channels on whatever platform you enjoy listening to. He's on there. And uh, check out the website for all updates, his blog, his episodes, and even the merchandise. The merchandise hopefully will be coming out soon. 
So that's it for Showtime Unplugged. Ralph, thank you again. My man. And we are out. Peace, love, and Showtime.